Good evening. Can we say that nowadays? Good evening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the weekly football review show to up top live 6pm Monday night. Um, might stay that way, might not, but keep an eye on the page and we'll be able to keep you posted with that. I'm here today with Alex Osborne and Adam Harrelau. This week, on this week's show, we'll be talking about Everton. Shock. <laughs> what are Everton? Who knows? Um, we'll be talking about OGS. Are we going to Solskjaer, see how he's getting along? Because things have changed massively in Manchester, I would say. And we'll also be talking about Leicester in particular. Um, I think we will start with Everton because nobody predicted... Who, by the way, Gav, who do we do the show in connection with? Oh, my God. Oh, so, so, sorry, boys and girls. Um, the show is in association with Stalkers, Stalkers Studio, where we record the show live every week. Uh, also in association with The Mail Coach, where you'll be able to catch Adam Harrell on the quiz tonight from 8pm. So it's going to be uh, very... Um, very rushed to try and get you out the door. And Macau Sports Bar and Grill, the best boozer in the whole of New York. Anyway, Everton. <laughs> what are Everton? Everton 3, Chelsea 1 was the score on Saturday afternoon. Who predicted that score? Nobody. Even the new management couldn't have predicted it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, Duncan Ferguson, don't get me wrong, not questioning his credentials, but you know he, he's got no previous managerial experience, certainly not at this level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be the same effect of an OGS at Man United, sort of like he's obviously a huge character within the club. He's come in and he said, right, I'm going to put a foot up everyone and say, get up for this game. Chelsea, you know, th- third game on the spin now. So, well, they're there for the taking. They have a good side away from home. They've proved it already this season, how good they've been they're, away they're, from home. They are a good side, but I think with the youngsters, you do get this, don't you? You do get wildly inconsistency where you'll be like, hot for like three or four games and then you'll get a drop off and then how do you three, four, then four sort of like this work is, your way back this will be where you want your more senior pros to come in and try and take the load off those youngsters isn't it yeah of course but um, I just but, hope, again I said this last week I hope Chelsea don't see this as a reason to go out and spunk 150 million on players that they'll regret end up they'll regret signing like Bakayoko we used as yeah, an example they the yeah. no, ban has been lifted now officially it has been officially been lifted so and I, I hope that they stick down the path they're going to because if they do spunk the 150 million then they shouldn't have hired Frank Lampard as manager mm. They've got to stick with the players that have done exactly, it so far exactly Abraham's yeah. you know he scored more he scored more goals than he's he's got a better haul in half a season than Rashford's ever had in a full season don't get me wrong like, I'll wax lyrical about Rashford oh we're going to talk about Rashford later yeah. on the show like, his so Ra- levels are he's only, the roof at the moment he's only one goal off his best record in a season so Abraham you've got to look at like, what Lampard's done and it's st- they're still doing an amazing job I yes they've so. dropped off in the last few weeks you've got to say if they hadn't you know Man City could well be in fourth place by now and people could be looking at them and going oh my, like, oh my god yeah. it's worse than it actually is but mm. like you know Chelsea three games on a spin in the Premier League it's not devastating but you know, Everton, they're on a bounce and to win that game, like I say, it was a bank of Let's think. talk about some positives from the Everton side of thing rather than slate them as I do every week. Uh, Richarlison, four and five for him now and another headed goal. Richarlison, playing through the middle. Because we, 
it's been it's been noted on the show before that we're not quite sure what Richarlison's best position is. Is he better coming in on, on from from out wide? Is he better playing through the middle? Is he play, better playing in behind? But know. he's now sort of playing in a more central role. And the fact that he scored four in his last five, I think that's sort of I mean, because um, they, they've been playing Calvert Lewin as the main striker, haven't they? Well, yeah, certainly was on yeah. Saturday. And yeah. Richarlison was more of a four four two. He's kind of like he's a, a support striker, and that could be the where he's suited best. Because mm. I don't think he's now. I don't. I think we can agree he's not an out and out striker, is he? I no, don't I think, think, he, I think what his skills, do with him right now. I don't think his skills sort of translate to being an out-and-out striker. Mm. But it, it's almost like if we're looking at f- thinking in football management terms, he's like a AMR, AML and an AMC. Yeah. Right? AMRLC. Yeah, something like that, yeah. I do love those. <laughs> so, so champy too, that is. I love a bit of champy too. But I, 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 I don't know. I, I think anywhere, anywhere along that front three would be, or certainly be just behind the striker is... Where you'd be looking to deploy him? I think anyone who plays in that in that front area of the field would fancy themselves as a number nine, as long as they get the service. And if the service is coming to him, like you know, you've got to play to your strengths. Mm. Burnley don't play attractive football, you know. But you know, over the last few years, they've had you know Chris Wood, Sam Vokes, players who you can target with with the headers, mm. players like that, you know. And if if they're there, you utilise them. You, you put the ball in the box. They they're going to make a nuisance of, mm. of, them, of themselves, and they they're going to get everywhere and. He's got that in his locker. Like I've seen him play out wide, and he's very tricky. He's quick and he's strong. And you know, I don't think it'd be a miss in a lot of the clubs in the Premier League. Like, mm. But he's he's been playing in a poor Everton squad and still scoring goals. And it's no disrespect to Everton, but like because you know, I they were one of the teams that I said at the start of the year. We've been saying this since obviously like last season. Everton were one of them teams that I said this year that should be looking to try and break well, into that top we, six. I think everyone yeah. thought that they That's would be right, a top yeah. six side, and that is why everyone's so in so much shock at the moment because of how poorly they've actually yeah, performed. Wolves, Everton, and Leicester, and like that, what everyone was saying about, and you know. Wolves had a shaky start. They've played their thirtieth game of the season this weekend. Yeah, yeah. and they're on eleven games, um, eleven games undefeated. You're looking at then obviously longest run since nineteen fifty nine. They won the title that year. Leicester were doing the bits. You know what I mean? So like, no one can say anything about Leicester. Like Everton, I, I feel like Marco Silva has been found out as a manager. I feel yeah. like he'd be. I feel like now he needs to go away and have a look at himself because the Premier League is uniquely difficult, even for successful managers. Emery is an example. So. And you know, look. Obviously, like the rumours have come out today that Emery could be going potentially to Everton. So, which I don't think that's a good fit. I don't think it's a good fit at all because Everton are in, um, again. What are Everton? I feel like I've, I just feel like Moisey would would be a good solid start for them now. Give them a give them a two year, even an eighteen month contract. So you've got eighteen months. Get in there, solidify the squad, secure Premier League status for this year, and build on what's there. And mm. I think I think it would be an attractive prospect for him. He knows obviously he knows everything about the club. Like he's worked alongside Duncan Ferguson before. Mm-hmm. I just think he, I I just think logically Everton now there there are worse teams in the league than Everton. There are oh, yeah. much there are oh, there are teams above Everton who have. I think much, Arsenal are one of them. <laughs> <laughs> there are teams above there are teams above Everton in the league that have much worse squads. But when you realistically when you look at it right Everton so they're you know they've got seventeen points. You know, if they if they win the next two games, you know they've got as many taunts as Tottenham have. We're all, this we're at the point of the season now, coming up to Christmas, where you know we should really know who the runners and riders are. But like mm. we have no idea. I think the it's, league is, is it's it's, all it's over the place. yeah it's all over the place apart from the top five. Yeah, 
even that top four. Top four, yeah. Top four are pretty similar. I mean, what's the gap between? I think it's what five points between Chelsea and Man United. Five points between Chelsea and Manchester United. And then there's three. There's gaps appearing. And you think about that because Man United beat Chelsea as well, didn't they? First game of the season. So really, it would be eight points of that. Yeah, if that was if that was flipped the other way around. One thing I did notice about Everton's performance that they played with a high press and they were very direct. Not necessarily playing long ball, but they were being a lot more direct with their with their approach to the game. Do you think that's what Everton need to do now? Because they, it was almost like a 4-4-2 where they lined up two banks of four, Calvert-Lewin and, uh, and, and Richarlison playing as, as the focal points up front. But they were making sure everything went like down down like the wings and, and we're feeding balls into them. Do you think that might be the way that they need to go? You play to your strengths yeah. as, a, as, a, as a team always. And I feel like against a team like Chelsea with the players that they've got at the minute, that would absolutely work. You play a high mm. press, you get at them and mm. you, you know, you force them to play a way they don't want to play, which is a long game because they play very, very, they've got, they've got a lot of players that can play the short game. You know, they recycle the ball quite a lot. They try and hold on to the ball. Chelsea are very direct. Yeah. You go toe to toe with teams in the Premier League and it can sometimes pay fruition and it's worked for Everton this weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously like they've played two different, they've played two different ways. They, they've, they've pressed, and you know, then they've played the ball in behind. They've played long, almost like Liverpool did to them literally yeah. last week. Yeah, so, week, yeah, and it worked so well. So I think Everton have looked at that. And Duncan Ferguson, you know, again, he's coming. He's given the players a lift, and he said, like, look, lads, come on, we're Everton. We're not going to do what Aston Villa did a couple of years ago. We're not going to be, you know, one of the big boys that goes down and you know has to fight to get back up to Newcastle as well. Obviously, like, I'm not going to bring Leeds into that equation. But, but I was, was going to do it for you. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, but yeah, I feel like if they go out and do that every week, they're going to get hurt. Yeah, I feel like don't stick with Duncan Ferguson. Because he's beaten, he's beaten Everton. There's no disrespect to Big Dunk. If he wants a job, put your name out there. Do a job for like keep winning games. Obviously, he's going to get the job. It's the same thing with Freddie at Arsenal. Yeah. Just because it's Freddie doesn't mean he's going to do an amazing job. It happened to Shearer at Newcastle. You know, no, they went like, down. And they went down. He couldn't save them. They were already down. Let's be real. Marco Silva, like, had nothing to do with Hull, but he went to Hull and you know he very nearly kept them up and he did a really good job. I think that's what. Well, that's where part so of his laws come in, isn't it? Mm. From that. Yeah. Because everyone's saying that that whole squad was like dead, wasn't it? And they yeah. he almost kept them up. But it's kind of they were they were they were dead and buried, and he almost kept them up. But you know it'll always be almost. Yeah. You know if Everton want to absolutely survive, go and get Sam Allardyce. That's fine, right? But you know I, I just think you know Moyes didn't do a terrible terrible job. Oh, he got them no, from a team that West were Ham. almost like oh, West Ham. relegation. I don't think oh, he did either terrible job at West Ham. No, like, he, he kept them up, didn't he? He kept them yeah, up like, and just, and then they were like, right, we're, we're going. Teams to that move direction. into a new stadium, it seems to be a thing. So like you know you look at like you know Arsenal haven't haven't had. You know, relative success compared to what they did in the nineties and the early two thousands, like since they moved the stadium, sort of like you know, teams they they take a little bit of time to adjust to that, and I don't like you know you might look at someone like Moisey going back to Everton, it could. I just feel like it's the perfect fit for the type of manager that he is for that club. Like yeah, they might. I, I'd respect. I'd respect Everton if they came out and said, oh yeah, we want a progressive manager. We want someone that's going to take us forward. I don't. I. I'll, I'll big up Eddie Howe every single day of the week and I'll say any big club that's looking to move forward should go and get Eddie Howe mm. for what he's achieved at Bournemouth. People say, oh, well, what's he achieved? They were bottom of the bottom league. They were one hour from going out of business. They couldn't pay the players' wages. Mm. They were 91st out of the 92. They were done. They were Professional finished. clubs. They were finished, right? And he took them from that moment. Yes, he had a year at Burnley. Forget it, right? He's t- he took them from that to where they are now. And, you know, like they're an established Premier League club. They don't, they look, they don't look great at the moment. We're sitting here, obviously, waxing lyrical. And they've got a lot of injuries you, know, we'll be- about those you look at it it's like they're below Everton but what 
you know, we're not professionals, we don't really know what we're talking about, you might say that, but at the end of the day, as football fanatics and people that sit, we're students of the game, we analyse it, I personally just, you know, you look at managers and you think, that would work, that'd be really good, mm. you know, for the type, of, the type of person that Moisey is. Talking, um, we talk, talk, God, picking back off the uh, Greeks, um, what you just said there, we were saying last week about taking the next step up in your career. Yeah. I would see Everton as the next step up in his career going from Bournemouth to Everton. I definitely yeah, think yeah. that would be the next step up for a, him. It would be a step up, yeah. a smaller step than what I believe he and, can take. Yeah, but it's the motivation for him to succeed as well. As we were talking about, you know, we talk about like players who have signed for clubs before, like Ozil signing for Arsenal, Sanchez signing for Arsenal, Pogba signing for United and that. Where is the motivation for them to come and play for them, to do their heart, to play their heart out? Because... To them, it, it's just another club. Yeah, Whereas well, teams live a big club. Yeah. They're living for a reason yeah. rather than trying to progress. They're not progressing when they're when they're doing that. So I see where you're coming from when you're like when when everyone was taking the Mickey out of Liverpool. I mentioned it on the show last week or the week before when people were taking the Mickey out of Liverpool for signing Mane, and it's like, oh yeah, but Mane. What? But he, he was ready to he was ready he was ready to take the next step up, yeah, and he wanted to prove himself right at now. a bigger club. And you look at the signings Liverpool have made on the whole. They've signed them from clubs who are who lower, are lower down. lower down than Liverpool, and they've signed their best players. Now, I would like to apply that to managers as well. Managers would be coming from a lesser club who has done well to take that next step up in their career to go to the next level. Mm. They would want to then prove themselves that they can hang at that level and do the best job available, rather than saying it, it's just another club that's on my CV. See, sorry, going um, to you. Yeah, and uh, I've seen. I don't know. I don't know uh, if this is uh, conclusive of all Juve fans, but I saw a lot of a lot of fans starting to question whether he's a uh, he's got the ability to. If he's big enough. Um, to manage Juve. I don't. I don't, I don't think. Is, he I mean, is Chelsea, Chelsea about, Juventus on this? They're on the same level, right? We talk about the Mourinho bump, and you know when when managers go to specific clubs and they they can get better out of specific types of players. You know, I don't think it's a case of, you know, it's Ronaldo's fault, but, you know, you go to a club like Juventus, big dogs there, like obviously Buffon's back this year as mm. well. Like, you know, Chiellini's still there. Yeah, Benucci's Benucci, come back. Yeah, Ronaldo is Ronaldo. For a manager like Sarri to go in there, who's very outspoken and he's not afraid to upset people, I feel like that what he might be suffering from at, at Juve. But, you know, like managerial step-ups and things like that, like, you know, Eddie Howe, what he's done at Bournemouth, could he do it somewhere else? We're starting to ask the question now. You know, it might be time for you, mate, to you know yeah. make, make the jump yourself. Like yeah. make yourself. It, a it might it might sound silly, but I remember when I was a kid, right? And I I had a little bike. Well, it was shocking, I had very big bikes. So I'm not very tall, <laughs> but I had a little bike, and I always used to fall off it. And my mum always used to take the mick out of me, saying, "You're not going to be able to get a bigger bike until you can ride that one properly." And I rode my cousin's bike, which was a big bike, fifteen gears, whatever it used to be, like like late nineties. And I rode it like an absolute boss. And my mum was like, ah, that's why I kept on falling off his little bike, because he was too big for it. Ride the bigger bike like a boss. And I think that is the perfect analogy like for this situation. <laughs> um, Calvert-Lewin bagged a couple. Um, the first one that he bagged um, was, a, was a bit of defensive frailty between Zuma and Chris Janssen, two players who I talked up last week, so that's how it works on this show. Kovacic, he got one back, distant volley. There was a talk of offside, but it was proven by good old pal VAR that Abraham was in an onside position. And then Kepa's poor clearance 
allowed Everton to pounce and Calvert-Lewin was there, 3-1, bosh. Manchester derby, Man City won, Manchester United 2. Amazing game. Once again, who who had that on paper? I, I didn't call it as such, but I did say it would be closer than people say. People seem to have this idea that if a team's not doing as well as they should, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna go out next week and they're gonna, you know, take retribution. Man City are there for the taking, and it, that's so apparent when you watch them this year. When Burnley sat off them, I was so frustrated because I felt like Burnley could hurt them. If you know, a team like Burnley, a team like Burnley, yeah, if they chuck the ball at Manchester City, particularly into the box, I feel like they could have hurt them. Don't get me wrong, Man, Man City have got the tools to absolutely wipe any team off the face of the earth if they really wanted to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like if they're if they're if they're feeling it on a particular day, De Bruyne. That guy, I can't wax lyrical strongly enough about him. For me, I don't know whether he's done enough to get into an all-time Premier League eleven, but he's not far off. He's, not far he's, off. he's an incredible player. He'll definitely a Premier League legend as it stands already. But you know, going into that game, you know, Rashford's got a point to prove, and I feel like he's really starting to prove it now. His he's, confidence he's, levels are not absolutely through mate. the roof. And he's playing. He's playing him out wide as well. Yeah, and I think that's his best position for now. Anyway, I think from coming in from the left until and I'm not. I'm not cussing out, you know, Ogs or anything like that. But I would look at it this way: if Manchester United were to go out and get, you know, a manager like an Allegri or you know, even like an, even an Ancelotti who like to function with a solid number nine. Right, I don't think Rashford's going to be that nine. Whether he plays him off him or again in a front three, like, like let's say, like alongside like a Suarez, like Barcelona do with a front three, mm-hmm. I I feel like that works for him being the foil. He's not going to be your top top goal scorer, but when you need to get a goal, he can produce magic and he can score goals from any angle. All different types of goals. Yeah. Well, that's what I really enjoy about Rashford. He got his opener from a penalty, which wasn't given initially. VAR looked at it. We were watching the game together. It was a clear penalty. I don't. Yeah. I would say maybe there was a couple of bodies in the way of Anthony Taylor's yeah, reason why he missed it but it, the, the, the correct decision was got to at the end and that's the yeah. main thing yeah. it doesn't mean that I'm, a, I'm, I'm siding with VAR I can't wait for it to get scrapped but so, shortly after that Rashford found the ball again and he was on the edge of the box and he just took it out of his feet and decided to have a ping confidence. now Rashford wouldn't have done that last season his confidence levels are literally through the roof. He has got 13 and 14 appearances now for club and country in his, his last 14 appearances. He is on fire. He's one of the most informed strikers in world football at the moment. Um, Martial, he made it 2-0. Uh, lovely was finish. Lovely finish at the near post. Mm. Now, I think he... I thought that was more of a lovely finish than poor goalkeeping. They always say goalkeepers shouldn't get beaten in their near post. You, yeah. Would you blame Edison no, for that? No, uh, um, I mean, yeah, you could say it was open. Uh, it was near post, but it wasn't quite at the angle where you could say that from because usually when you say, oh, he's been his near post, it's a, a tighter angle, isn't it? Mm. But the way that Martial hit it, he almost he almost miskicked it on purpose kind of thing to like try and almost fool Edison. And then obviously it came, well it hit the side, it hit, side, it, post, it hit yeah. the side of the post. So I mean, it doesn't get closer. It doesn't get closer than that, does it? Then other than coming back out. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly no blame lies at the keeper for me. No, I, I think Mart- Martial. I, he hit pretty nicely as well. I think. Yeah, well, as, a, as a player, I think he gets into no ninety five percent of the teams in the Premier League as a as a starting striker. The only person, the only team not, he doesn't get into right now is Liverpool. It's not down to it's it's not down to you know bad goalkeeping. I, I I put it not down to bad defending, but like I always say this like you know if you play on the weekends or you know like Saturday or Sunday or anything like that, 
people always moan like what goes wrong how do we change it how do we make it better if you get beaten by a better team and better players there's nothing you can do about it mm. like Martial makes a space he gets a shot off and he beats Edison I don't rate Edison that highly everyone like you know talks so highly of him like oh yeah his distribution like yeah distribution's great but like when it comes down to it like, <laughs> can you like in the back of the net at the end of the day Man City haven't got I think Man City's defence needs a complete revamp I don't oh, yeah. and like I'm not I, I'm not a you know, I'm not. I'm not going to cuss Pep out. Like Pep's obviously like he's going to go the greatest manager of all time. If not, like you know, my Leeds fan, I can't say for he's the greatest of all time. But like, is Pep Guardiola the greatest manager of all time? Just maybe because he's won absolutely everything everywhere he's been. Yes, he's walked into pre-made teams, but but he's made them better. Yeah, yeah. The, the way, only thing he hasn't the, done is won the Champions League made, with Bayern Munich. He's not made like, them like, better, even, but like the, you know, it's the football that they play. It is it is beautiful football. You know, I, I would I'd say I much prefer Klopp's teams. I much prefer Klopp's Dortmund than than his Bayern. Because he walked into those teams and yeah, he made them better. He made them play better football. You know? Yeah, because Dortmund, Dortmund weren't... The thing is, El Clasico in Spain is always Barcelona versus Real Madrid. Whereas in Germany, Die Classic isn't... All, it's always Bayern Munich and... It's never... Sometimes it's Schalke. Sometimes it's Mönchengladbach. Sometimes it's Leverkusen. Sometimes it's Dortmund. So the fact that Die Klassiker was then dubbed as Dortmund versus Bayern that's only homage to Klopp rather than anything else because yeah. of what he did with that Dortmund the side the Dortmund have actually since they won the Champions League in, in 1997 yeah. they've gone through financial irregularities yeah. Bayern Munich actually bowed them out at one point and they've also spent a bit of time in the second tier before coming back and then barnstorming to, go, to be where they need to be so I think that speaks more of Klopp rather than what speaks of Guardiola at Bayern. If you sent Guardiola, I mean, they're a really rubbish championship team. If you sent Guardiola to Luton, would they suddenly go on a mad surge and get promoted or get, you know, playoffs? Because it's not inconceivable that that could happen this season, like, in terms of, like, points and stuff. But no, he couldn't. I don't, I just don't think that it's going to work. Like, you need to work, he works with the elite every time. And I, and I get it, that's yeah. fine. But then, and this is... But then not I'm every not manager gonna, could do that. I'm though. not going to disrespect Tottenham here for one second because I think what Pochettino built, you know, the house that Pochettino built was amazing, right? But I'm, I'm telling you, I genuinely believe Spurs are now more of a threat in winning trophies than they were with Pochettino because, yeah. of its, because it's because really... Well, Pochettino yeah. did what he needed to do to get Tottenham from not a mid-table side, but someone who might get in the top four every now and then to a consistent top four side who can challenge and they need someone who's able to go ahead and now get them from challenging to winning things. Yeah. And I think Mourinho is the perfect yeah. person you, for it. Back on uh, track here, like let's got with Manchester United and you know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he had a you know, if they don't beat Spurs that's my thought that's time. If they don't beat Spurs and they don't beat Everton and if they don't beat Spurs and they don't beat Man City, if they lose both those games, they're on eighteen points, right? They're eleventh or twelfth, mm. potentially depending on goal difference, right? If they don't, and then at that point there, I think that you know, potentially loses his job. He's gone out and he's beaten both of them teams, right? And beating Manchester City, you know, in this era, in this moment in time, is absolutely no mean feat. They've, you know, they've dropped points in six games this year. They've lost four. They've drawn two, mm. and it's not an absolute nightmare. But like the the you know, in they now have to win every Man City have to win every single game to match their points total from last year. They're not going to do that. Absolutely no, not. No, no. I'm not sitting there saying Leicester will beat them or Chelsea will you know, go and beat them or Liverpool will definitely beat them. No, Liverpool won't be too far, too much of a task to, to try and retain yeah. the title. I, I, I said when I was on the show at the start of the season, I said I feel like City will drop off in the new year. I said they'll be toe-to-toe with Liverpool and they'll drop off in the new year because I feel like they will naturally, they will favour the Champions League more. Well, they're not going to go out and sign Champions League 
you know players that are playing in the Champions League already because most of them will be cup tied. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 you know the question is for Man City do they go out and you know do they sign a Koulibaly knowing they can't play him in the Champions League knowing they're gonna you know it's gonna solidify them in the in the Premier League does Koulibaly want to go there because let's be real here if there's if Pep or or Klopp are gonna leave Man City who's more likely I think Pep is more likely to leave Man City. Oh of course I can't see Klopp leaving. I can't see him there. He's in, he's in love with the club and you know it's it's obvious to see that I feel yeah. like Man City are, are suffering at the moment so badly defensively. That it's now making you know, a lot of the other players in the team a little bit more nervous. Like, you know, the pressure's on them to go forward and score as many goals as possible. Like, and teams are tucking in against them and hitting them on the counter attack. I feel like when they go into that game against Leicester, you know, they're really going to struggle because I, I feel like Leicester are a team that could really hurt Man City. Mm. And the formula is there to beat them this year. It was mm. it was there a few. I remember when uh, this. I think it was about 2012. Arsenal were top until like Christmas. Man City went to the Emirates and absolutely pasted them. Mm. And that was the formula. Right, and then Arsenal really struggled for the rest of the year and ended up coming fourth by the skin of their teeth. Mm. And everyone then looked at and again that that does happen to these teams like Barcelona. I remember, I remember Barcelona got beaten in the Champions League in the semi-finals by Bayern. They lost like seven in the aggregate. Yeah, and that was the real end of that era. You know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like rest in peace. Like it, you know, <laughs> it was a, it, it was a hell of, it was it was that for me. Like people talk about you know AC Milan in the eighties and the nineties, and like I'll talk. I'll you know when I have kids, I'll tell them forever about you know like that team was just incredible to watch and it was uh, just a magnificence to behold you know the game evolves I'm not saying that you know Pep needs to evolve like Mourinho hasn't evolved or Wenger didn't evolve or anything like that but I feel like you know Arsenal's situation the last few years every single person in the world not even just Arsenal fans could look at Arsenal and go well we know exactly what they need oh yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Need this, this, I feel like Pep should have seen that I feel like getting rid of company was a mistake it was. I really and they should have kept him at least as a coach. Absolutely. Um, but um, I'm sorry, to pick up on something, you haven't get to. Huh? If Neve wants kids, then I'll have kids. Oh, okay, cool. Um, um, Wan Bissaka had, had, <laughs> was solid at the back. Okay. Yeah, very, very good D. Which, um, there. Um, we've got a comment there from Dion about this. Saying oh, that Dion Wan-Bissaka Chambers, thanks for watching the show. Um, yes, he did. Um, defensively, yes. Uh, anything else in this game? Well, not so much. Now, we, we, we were pointed out by uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, who's a United fan, that uh, wan struggles to pass the ball. And uh, ever since he made that notification, uh, that uh, statement, he really couldn't pretty, pass the ball. It was pretty good. It was... It, it was, it was try, it, like, at one point, it looked like he tried to pass it to his other foot and like <laughs> still still went wrong. Um, Luke Shaw got 90 minutes, which is great. Um, but ultimately got one back towards the end of the game. Deserved, got, they did deserve to get one back. Um, another comment here They've from got... Robert Williamson. Thank you for watching, Rob. Good to, good to hear from you as well. Um, does Guardiola have a history of building defences though? No, not really. It's very... It, it's weird because he's a defensive midfielder. Like, he was the... He was the focal point of a midfield when Shabby was coming through. Shabby based his game in like, when he was first coming through in 98-99 season on Guardiola and what he did. So you think that having to sweep up that sort of well, anything defensively there in front of your back four well, that, that Frank De Boer at the back then and you know Rude Hesp was in goal and Michael Reitzker at right back. You know, they had a good defence. So like he he knew that he didn't have to do too much in order to to, uh, to progress Barcelona forward. Guardiola always, you know, Guardiola's from, Guardiola's from the school of Cruyff. At the end of the day, like, you know, the way that he play, he likes his teams to play football. But no, he doesn't have a good history of organising the defence. He walked into a team like, you know, he, he got the, you know, he was Barcelona B manager, and then he was Barcelona manager, like, Carlos Puyol, established centre-back. Yeah? To Rui Marquez as well, like, really experienced oh, centre-back. Goes to Marquez. Bayern Munich, right? And then, you know, over there he has... 
Jerome Boateng, right? And and you know, I'm not you know, they, he still has to fill the holes and make them play a certain way he wants them to play football. Like you know, that football, the you know, playing out from the back is always going to be a risk. Rogers tried it at Liverpool when you know back when Rayner was still there, obviously like Agger and Skirtle, and it did you know, didn't really happen. You know, for they got caught out a lot playing around with the ball in their own third and, and, mm. and things like that. I don't think you know. So what Rob is saying like Bas, like I'm I'm again I'm. I'm not going to sit here and outwardly cuss Pep at the end of the day. He's so successful and he's one of the best managers in the world. Like, I feel like he might be in danger of becoming a Mourinho and becoming a bit bitter and like uh, three times. <laughs> Respect, man. Respect, man. Like, I don't want him to turn out like that, but I see him becoming more frustrated by it. There was comments that he made in the media where he was saying like, you know, we can't compete with the big boys. No, you can't. Because if you play that way, that you you know you played against Manchester United, you know oh, Barcelona aren't great this year, but like against players like Suarez and Messi against the Barcelona team, they're going to destroy you. If they play like that against Liverpool, my Christ, it's going to be horrendous for them. Well, and that's like Liverpool already taught them a bit of a lesson already this season. It Absolutely, could have been a lot worse. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. Uh, let's move on. Um, Tottenham five, uh, Burnley nil. This is this is. A Tottenham side that have been completely regenerated by confidence in Mourinho. Deli Ali looks better. Deli Ali, first name on the England in, on the England sheet for me at the moment. Big shot. The, the way the way he's turned his Cal game Phillips. around. Uh, I mean, no. I'd argue Jamie Vardy, but yeah, Jamie. Vardy uh, no, Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy don't want to come back. He's, no, uh, he's doing right. We're going to talk about Vardy after this game. Um, Kane's opener. Absolutely sublime. It's true Kane, you know, instinctive. I'm just going to bang it. Bosh. Five season wonder. Five season, <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll, it'll drop off next season. He's magical. Uh, yeah, 179 goals he's got now for Tottenham. He's the third highest goal scorer. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very... He's a freak, mate. Yeah, he's, he, he's special. I, I, I don't like him, but I do. It's weird. World class. He, he is world class. He's um, his yeah. second best number nine behind Lewandowski. Um, it's great son layoff. Who? Suarez? Sorry, no, no, Suarez number three at the moment. Um, scrappy second goal, um, son of the attack, off me, off Delhi, and Delhi, and um, uh, Amora was there to stab it home. Song goal of the season. But then, yes, <laughs> number three, it reminds me of Rip, 1995. I was my, it was at my grandma's house. Um, it's my grandma's birthday today as well. She would have been 91 today, happy so birthday. Um, happy birthday, Cicely McFarlane. Um, Grandma. Granny Mac, that's exactly who she is. Um, Sonaldo. Amazing. It's it a free it's a free kick for Burnley. Burnley are trying to pump it into the box. He wins it on the on the, like in the left back position from the edge of the box and goes. Drives. George Ware, isn't it? It is George Ware. Henri. I mean it, it Henri set yeah, Henri, Henri, yeah. Um, it's that type of goal. Um, he gets wait, into any team well, in the Premier League, in my he's, opinion. Son, yeah. yeah. Son, Son yeah. is one of the best players in world football. I like him. Yeah, you're right. yeah. Exactly. Um, it's really weird because at the start when he picks up the ball, he kind of he's not he's not running at full gear when he pick, picks up the ball because there is a couple of West Ham players around him, and um, then he sees the gap, and then when he hits top gear, he leaves them behind, doesn't he? And he's it's only literally I think it's from when he passed the halfway line. I think it's like three touches, and it's in the back of the net because he he knocks it past one. When the next West Ham come player, he, he obviously he diverts the ball to go away from them, and then when the keeper comes out, he diverts the ball away from it's him just again. The fact and just it, he's well, done he all that hard in, work, and I don't care who you support, you are praying that that ball hits the back of the net mm. because of that run. You can't go on that sort of run and then the keeper saves it. 
As he's coming in just before where the halfway line is, so as he's, as he's approaching the centre circle, you're expecting him to play the ball into one of two zones. Yeah. So behind the right back or the left back into the in, into the corners essentially. Yeah. So that's the outplay from there. That's naturally what you know a central midfielder would do. Yeah. But as a you know as a as a winger or shadow striker, shadow striker like brimming with confidence, like you know we could talk about a goal all day long. I don't think we should focus too much on it. It's just as simple as that. It will it is goal of the season, but we all know it will probably go to an Arsenal goal because they'll they'll sabotage the, the poles. But <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> but now, yeah. for, the, for the purpose of the podcast, I put my thumb to my nose. Um, so <laughs> best, best thing, best thing that could have happened to Spurs was losing to Manchester United last week. Forget you know the pressure of winning every game in the Mourinho or anything like that. Like they are rejuvenated. They're they're going to be in that top four hunt again. Chelsea yeah. losing three on the bounce is no coincidence. Like the, those young players, you know, they don't have as much of the experience <coughs> at that end of it. Yeah. You know, and it's going to get to the point where it's going to be... It's and, it's, and also, those players it's, don't it's, have it because... It's playing week in, week out with, with young players well, as well, it's isn't not it? Even the just experience that. of playing at the top level with the intensity It's not even well. that. The young players are so used to winning. So when they do lose a couple of games, it is a, it is a confident shock and a reality check. Because we'll never know about how it affects you. you how it affects you psychologically. It's the same thing as Man City. Those players, they finished on 98 points last year. Yeah, they finished on 100, 100 points the year before. Yeah. So in a two-year period, you know they've earned more points than some clubs have earned in their Premier League lifetime. Even like, They've appeared in it for like a fair few years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like So looking at it like that, with the Chelsea situation, you know they start to lose a couple of games. Oh God, what's, what's going wrong? Which How is why it's important for them not to panic. Stick, don't twist. Yeah, stick yeah. to what you're doing. Um, yeah. Got a little comment out. Oh, before, before I read that comment uh, from from Rob again, it's um, I just want to run through the the last couple of goals. Um, what before the first half ended? Because this is the thing with Spurs; they've been going two three nil up and then shipping goals, and this time they didn't. Burnley had. Three clear-cut opportunities. Two with J-Rod, um, J. Rodriguez for um, non-major football fans, and one from Chris Wood, who was celebrating his 28th birthday on uh, Saturday. So that's a, that's a bit of a slap to, to get on your birthday. I've had worse birthdays as well, don't you know why? Please but Chris Wood. Um, Good servant. But like he, like th- those, those three opportunities were decent opportunities to at least get one back, and they, they weren't able to... They weren't able to capitalise on that. Kane's fourth, uh, Kane's second goal to make it 4 0 was lovely. And then Sissoko bags again, 3 and 4. He absolutely loves it. Um, Rob's comment uh, Marino spotted Spurs' weakness, and that's a weak midfield. He's, be, uh, he, um, he's bypassing that by playing a much more direct type of football, and Ali's benefiting from him massively. However, do England play that way under Gareth to suit the Eli Ali's style? Now, the thing is with Deli Ali is. How he's performing right now is exactly how he was performing when he first came through. Because like, when he first was signed from MK Dons, everyone was like, oh yeah, it's another kid, it's going to be another John Joe Shelby. You know, they'll just leave him on the bench or whatever. I love John Joe Shelby. Oh, well, I love John Joe Shelby, don't get me wrong. But what, what Liverpool should have done with John Joe Shelby, they should have loaned him back to, uh, to Charlton at the time, get him another year and then bring him back into Liverpool's side. With Deli Alley, I was moaning, going, well, you bought him, play him. And a couple of injuries, they had no choice. And then they realised he's actually a little bit good. So therefore, what? But the, the way that like, he used to play off, uh, off Kane or off whoever was playing through the middle, and it's proven again that that is the way to do it. Play people to your strengths. England have an before. issue up top because they've got Sterling, they've got Sancho. You know, they've got obviously Harry, Harry Kane is the first name on the team sheet. If you ask me, you know Abraham. Rashford, 
there's a problem because they've got a bevy of um, Deli Ali. You know, that's that's six, seven players. Now you've got Mount Madison, and we were uh, talking last week on Ma- the show, Madison. Alex, about uh, about British. If you're uh, talking about trying to get if, British into the side, like how do you do that? Rob, if you're talking about a player in the ten, like again, you know, like who, who are we to you know tell Southgate how to do his job, or you know the professionals on who should be playing for the England team or how England should play? You play to, you play to your strengths. Like I wouldn't, you know, shoehorn Ali into those games. The question was a couple of years ago, you know, when England had the run, like, oh, you know, is it Lingard off the bench starting Ali, or is it Ali, you know, Ali off the bench starting with Lingard? Like, obviously Lingard's not near the picture because he's absolute garbage. But like, you know, for me, I, I, I would prefer to see Madison in that ten. And I, I'm not saying that, you know. Madison needs to take a step up by leaving Leicester or anything. Like leave leave Leicester alone. Like whatever they're doing, it's working. It's fine. Like you know, you said about Vardy earlier. Does Vardy come out of retirement? Like do we force him out of retirement? If he doesn't want to do it, he's no. not motivated. To no, do no. It. I, I was, I was, be, I was being for a little bit facetious. When no, I said but, that, no, but no, I understand. I, would love, I, understand. I, I, no, no. I would personally think England would be a much stronger side with Jamie Vardy. In but it. then the way that England play, Vardy would not benefit from it because Vardy benefits from. Direct balls. I'll tell you what, let's go on to that game actually. In fact, before I do that, um, Watford nil, Palace nil. Why Watford? Um, yeah. Villa won, <laughs> Leicester four, Villa won. Leicester went down to Villa Park, across to Villa Park, cross Tain, went cross Tain to Villa Park. Um, and, uh, and yeah, Leicester are amazing. Villa have issues. And I was talking them up last week saying that they might have a little bit of a problem but mm, I don't like. Does the league position sort of tell the story? But then when El Ghazi is six yards out and he smashes the bar, which would have made them what made it one nil to Villa. What happens there? I, feel, I still feel like Leicester. Yeah, I, I still I, think I, Leicester would have won, won that game. game. I, you know, yeah. like my best mate's a Leicester fan. And he and a lot of other so he follows all the like Foxes talk for and so like I've you know good relations with the Leicester fans. I've got yeah. Them. So like with well, I used to go. In, I used to be a regular at yeah. Leicester for, so for it, it, years. They you know they're on such a good run at the minute. It's eight on the bounce. Like mm. it's going to come to an end. That's nine point. on the bounce. It's nine actually. on the bounce. Yeah. So they they a lot of the Leicester fans included including Big Kieran thought this this was it for them. Like you know Villa have got the tools in the squad like McGinn Grealish. You know what I mean Trezeguet's having a good Wesley's a good player. They've got the tools to go out and beat teams. It's whether they, you know, they go out and actually get do it, it together. Put it at the end together. of the day, like they're not in the relegation zone on goal difference. Like I, I feel like you know Norwich and Watford, you know, it's pretty much you're not over for it. It's not. It's never over. It's over for Watford. I'd say it's over for Watford. Yeah, they they they, they need to go back to the Championship. They need a bit of a reality check. They, had a they need to start. They need to start again. Yeah, and they, they literally need to go down, reset, come back, and have a go. I feel like for for Villa. If they survive this season, they'll be they'll be okay. Yeah. Like, but in terms of you no know, Leicester, I was saying this about you know confidence, proactivity. Just play to your strengths. That's what they're doing. They've now got the depth as well. They've got players coming off the bench that you know they're fighting for that. They want to be in that squad. Uh, Rogers is obviously motivating the players, and he, well, did he, that. Made, he, three, did, he made three changes he, he uh, to, from the game during the essentially, week. Essentially, he went to Liverpool and he did the exact same thing. He rejuvenated Liverpool. Essentially, mid table. Well, they were. They, they they came tenth one. Um, they came tenth and ninth, didn't yeah. they? Before he came in, um, um, Mings is injury for Villa. How much will that hit? Huge in Villa. It was huge in the game. Which is ham? Is it hammy? Is it? Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's that'll be what four, four to six four weeks, six weeks yeah. and that's going to be crucial, especially over the Christmas period when we've got what. It's about six or seven games. Uh, yeah, played. everyone's playing literally um, every three days. Aren't they? We, were, we were speaking about this in the kind of way of Liverpool when they play Villa, and then the next day they play in Qatar. If you know Liverpool's second, no disrespect to Arsenal, 
Arsenal played a relatively strong squad that night. Oh, they, they did, they did. Yeah. Liverpool, Liverpool did not want to win that Liverpool, game. Yeah, that Liverpool, was... Liverpool played their we-don't-want-to-play team, yeah. and they still won. So I think Liverpool might have even then, at that point, been going, right, we went out of the Lily Cup, do you know what I mean? We want, to, we want to lose this game. Like, go out, give the kids some minutes. Like, it'd be really good for them. And it was good for them. They went out and they, they did bits. They scored a load of goals. And they, it was 5 all, wasn't it? 5 all. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, they, and they won the game with penalties. Like, they're now obviously... like. And for me, I feel like missing Mings, you know, if they decide that, you know, they want to prioritise the Premier League, which I think they should. Don't, don't be... Like, no, a League Cup semi-final is it's great, you know, and at that stage of the competition, like, oh, anyone can win it. Brilliant. Good job, Villa. But, you know, would you rather get to the semi-final of, you know, a, a, of a cup competition, but you know, get relegated, like Wigan. Wigan when they won, yeah, when they yeah. Won, the, won the FA Cup Birmingham. went down. Yeah. Birmingham won the League Cup and they went down the season. Oh, like, any, 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 any club in the world. As a, as a you know as a, as a fan of a club that's not in the Premier League, like I'm a, like big leagues, like if someone said like, I said it about the FA Cup again, so I said this exactly the same thing to you boys like, about Leeds drawing Arsenal in the FA Cup. We don't, I don't get me wrong, I want to go to Arsenal and put in a good performance and win because obviously it's a weekend game anyway. It's not like it's a Monday night. Yeah. But it's, hopefully we're going to go. But, hey. um, but <laughs> big guy Max sort me out. But like I, you know. Hopefully we're going to go there and we're going to put in a good performance. Like, and if we win, we win. Great. If we lose, I'll turn around. And, and it will sound like one of those excuses, and I will turn around and say, "I'm not bothered about it." Do you know what I mean? Because I would rather focus on the league. We were better for it last year, going out of both competitions in the first round. Yeah, we would focus. We would sacrifice that for for unfortunately dropped off priority, isn't it? Yeah, massively. And Villa, I feel like they they should prioritise the league. They should. Yeah. yeah, but Liverpool are going to pri- aren't going to prioritise that game against Villa. Yeah. So if, if you're going to do it... It's going to, it could end up being reserves versus reserves, isn't it? It could be. Um, uh, Engels came on for Villa and he did actually do quite well, bless him. But it's all about Jamie Vardy and Jamie Vardy scored two. Um, Jamie Vardy, nine goals and he's, like in, in his last eight games and he scored in eight consecutive games, 16 in 16 this season. The guy is an absolute machine. I've said it before. I was at the, um, I was doing my data capture earlier on this season, Bourm- uh, Leicester versus Bournemouth. He's the, he's, he is the best player I've ever seen in the flesh, Jamie Vardy. The guy is world-class um, and he's like 67 years old. Yeah. Mate, um, same thing. Best stri- uh, as I said, no, best- it's not the same thing on 32. Best striker in the Prem, change my mind. Uh, I can't. I can't change uh, my mind. That is exactly... On the shoulder of the last man, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's on the shoulder. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to point out as well, uh, Soonest made this point over the weekend on the uh, telly box um, about Leicester's midfield, and I said it previously. Yeah, I, perf- I think Leicester's midfield got is it. perfectly balanced. And what you want from midfield three is to say you've got your six and Ndidi, who's who's turned out to be a bit of a baller. Yeah, you've got your you've got your number eight in Tillemans, yeah. who's turning out to be also a baller, and then you've got your number ten in Madison, Monaco, yeah, who's also another baller. It's the tip that, from that literally from the best. In the, it's best in the league, isn't yeah, it? It's it's certainly one midfield. of, the, if not the best, it's in that, the top. That two. is the best top midfield. Three. Monaco league. Monaco couldn't wait to get rid of Tillmans. And, to, and you know it's one of them ones that you know he appeared on you know Championship Manager and like Football Manager and, and FIFA as like the player with all the potential and like you know he could end up like a 94 rated you know mm. like young Belgian beast but you know he went to Monaco Monaco were in an absolute mess there like Cesc Fabregas yeah. Leon Rides and things like that they couldn't wait to get rid of him he signed for Leicester this year like just over 30 million and 
that is a bargain. You're yeah. looking at that like in terms of like Madison in the ten. Madison for me is going to end up a hundred million pound player. Yeah. Yeah. Tiamans is that same. Yeah. I think Leicester going forward. Indeed, as well. Indeed, he could be that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're talking about like Tottenham's midfield need need rejuvenating, and everyone said it like about you know Tiamans going to Tottenham, and they didn't bother or anything like that. If you miss the boat on these players, they do go to these clubs, and even if Leicester sell those players, like they just don't need to. I was trying to have this conversation last week. And not, um, I don't know if he was on the show, he was, he was out and about, more than likely the male coach, great boozer. Um, they, Leicester, they don't need to sell. Leicester can be that next big club. It sounds funny when you say it, but they've not they, won the, they, won the, they won the Premier League three and a half years ago. They've been knocking on the door of Europe since then. Yeah, right? and they, you know, they, they had the season they, after they won the league. They've they got unlucky well, they, against. They, 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 they could have beaten up their coverage with that uh, game as well. I think they, they would made have been a couple in the of bad. What what held them back? They had a couple of bad managerial hires, but they've now rectified that. In yeah. and the other good thing about Leicester, and we can all agree, is their recruitment has been. Yeah. Top um, notch. Their scouting um, process. Claire, the wife, she's watching the show. Thank you for watching. Leicester are actually playing as a team. Exactly that. All eleven players. They come up in the actual. Well, well, it's not. It's, it's not, not on the bench. It's not just. It's not. It's not just all eleven players. It's the. It's, it's the subs. It's the, the managerial. Collection. It's the coach. Uh, it's the scouting department. Everybody is working towards the same goal and that's what happens when that hap- when that, when you get that and it all started off with the, uh, the unfortunately your chairman who passed away in that tragic accident yeah. um, uh, but he has put them in such a good position to go on to as you say potentially be that next club purchase them in League 1 and he, he took them from there to, obviously to the Championship they had the devastation of not, not being promoted when they, you know, the freak game against Watford. Oh, oh yeah. God. What yeah. a game, though. So, without... And again, we'll talk about this like, over the weekend with my mate. Like, without that moment, without that happening, you know, I'm a big believer in the butterfly effect. Without that, would this have ever happened? Like, you know, good recruitment, good good management. Like, you know, I, I look at, like, Razriani in charge of Leeds and, like, you know, there, were, there was a thing on Twitter about best moment of the decade. For me, my best moment of the decade for Leeds was buying the stadium back. People don't understand yeah, that, that means that, so much. To not just Leeds fans, but it means that not to, to have the that community. taken away from me. And mm. like looking at like you know to, to make the point about Leicester, you know, just them giving it back. This is why it breaks my heart about what what goes on and what has been going on for over ten years now at Newcastle and what goes on at Arsenal because like you know we can sit and talk about like you know Arsenal you know can they pull in a box office manager you know can they can they attract the top players as well when they look like they're not even going to get Europe. Potentially, you know what I mean, like, and it's no disrespect to Arsenal. Oh, we might get seven. I don't. I don't. And this is the thing. Got, like, I've, got, I've got a few. I've got a few. We, we need, when it comes to that, we need to get on that in a yeah, second. But like, to, yeah. no, to, to, to round up on Leicester and the game there, like Leicester are proactive. Mm. They play their game. You, if you don't, you know, you have to bring a totally different game if you want to play against Leicester. I feel like the shootout between Leicester and Liverpool is going to obviously Liverpool beat. It could, yeah, but it shouldn't have. But yeah, that that it could end up going all the way. At the moment, in any other season apart from this one and the last, Leicester would be probably top right now. Leicester would be top. Uh, It's just Liverpool at the moment are setting an unbelievable pace. It happens. Happen, it? it happens, it yeah. happens, it's crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, Madison's cross, mate, uh, got Iniacho's second goal in three games um, to make it 2-0 to four half-time, but then Grealish from a corner. It's the first goal that Leicester have conceded from a set-piece. 
this season. A little, bit, little, little bit of luck involved in that. It took a deflection yeah. on the way in. But yeah. at the end of the, like Leicester's defence, their attack, uh, we say like squad harmony, Leicester, Leicester have got it all. And like I, they'll, I said this again, right at the start of the season, after two or three games, Leicester will get, Leicester, I think Leicester will get Champions League. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I guarantee yeah. top four yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Evans, Johnny Evans' header, it was lovely, nice and loopy. It looked like he was going out back out towards the corner taker uh, for a minute and just sort of like crept, right, crept back in. A bit like um, Javier Hernandez. He did one like that a um, number of years ago in the Premier League for Manchester United. Um, and that was just after the break. And then, um, and then Pryat's ball over the top. Classic Vardy. That's how he does it. A mm. um, couple more games to run through on Sunday. Then we'll finish off with the Bournemouth-Liverpool game. Um, so let's do it in order of the old sheet. Why the hell not? Um, so Norwich won Sheffield United 2. Sheffield United, they were shocked during the week by Newcastle. But yeah. that's how you bounce back. But was it shocking? From the performance itself, no. From, not league, necessarily, from, from a league position-wise, it yeah. was shocking. So, yeah, from, from, a, whole, from a Sheffield standpoint, yes. Because obviously it's, you know, you, you boys love Wilder. I love Wilder. I think oh, it's great. Yeah. Like what, and what Sheffield are doing this season, that's the mould. Keep with it. Don't change it. Mm. Like, you know, they've, they've won games being proactive and, you know, being pragmatic in a very, like, with a very British squad as well, which I'm obviously really pleased with. Oh, about. yeah. Totally. Least move set who's not British. Yeah. <laughs> so, looking at that, game time. going down, like, obviously, like, Teddy scoring his first goal in 25 years is wonderful for Norwich. Like, <laughs> but it's world against Arsenal. Norwich, Norwich are going to be nearly men this year. Like, they look like good at the start of the season. Like, the, the pookie party's over. Like, Sheffield go out, they're going, you know, 1 0 down. To finish the game winning 2 1, to win that way to win Well, the fact that they bagged like two goals straight after the break, you know, 49, 52, bam, bam. But they could have scored another one. Um, it was Lundstrom who scored it, mm. and then it looked like it was a free, uh, it looked like a penalty on, on Basham. Then VAR got involved, it was all over the place and whatever, but then the, the VAR. I think they got it right. They gave the offside for Lundstrom right because that in chronological order, that's how it happened. So Lundstrom was already offside. The penalty on Basham is now irrelevant. And then that's how... If you look hard enough at any situation, I reckon 90% of the time you'll find something. Yeah. And this is where I think, like I'm going to say one thing on VAR before we move on to the next game. I think they need to, to... just go to the way they did it in the World Cup and in the internationals. They have one person sitting in the booth. If they're unsure, the message goes to the referee. He goes to the sideline and looks at the box. And that's it. And it's his decision. You will get referees that are more lenient. You will get referees that will let certain, you know, like certain things slide. There's a couple, like, we'll talk about the consistency with handball and stuff this year. There have been a few decisions, like, you know, by all rights, Man City should have had a penalty on the standards of some of the handball decisions this year because the ball did hit the defender's hand when he slid it was, I think it was Lindelof and he slid in to defend it and it hit his hand it doesn't matter if it was ball to hand or if it was smacked straight at him it, that was what they said the rule was it doesn't matter just go with the, go with the old school La Liga it's, a, it's hit your hand it's it's handball it's handball and the yellow card but that's savage um, Basham got sent off for a rash challenge he didn't touch the ball didn't really touch the man. Um, VAR came in red and said, hold on a minute. It's not a red. It's actually a yellow because exactly that. It was deemed as reckless, not excessive force. But yeah, Sheffield United, they went out 2-1 winners. Fair play to them. And the people that beat them during the week was Newcastle. Newcastle came from a game down, uh, for a goal down against Southampton to win that 2-1. Newcastle. Newcastle, seven points in the last nine games. They're doing... Uh, in the last 
seven points out of a possible nine, I should say. We're sitting so there big enough, Chris Wilder. They've got the same points as what Sheffield United have. Mm-hmm. So people need to give Steve Bruce a little bit more respect. Yeah, this put is, some respect on his name. 100%. And Danny Ings, is scored again. Uh, long ball over the top, don't get me wrong, but that's eight and nine for Danny Ings now. And that's his fifth consecutive game that he's bagged in. Feel sorry for Charlie Austin dropping down the league, going to West Brom. He's obviously doing bits down there. So you used to be Ings and Austin. That was the partnership at Burnley, weren't it? Yeah. Uh, them, them two, those two were but absolute cheese. Ings is the boy. Ings is the boy. I like him. Um, Andy Carroll came on. He sort of mixed it up a little bit, and it was it was. So his... I won't see him again for another three no, months now. Definitely not. Uh, it was his cross. Um, it was from a from a Shelby free kick, free kick. Uh, no corner that was lifted over. Yeah. Andy Carroll's got no. It was a free. It was a free kick, and then Andy Carroll's gone back like to towards the the corner flag. He's whipped it in. Beautiful whipping cross, and then Shelby's found his head on the end of it. That's three and three for for John Joe Shelby. Bertrand had a header, which was pretty much on the line, which went over the bar, and that would have made it 2-1 to uh, to Southampton. I don't would think that Newcastle would have made their way back into the game, but Longstaff, he had a long shot, spilt by the goalkeeper, and Fernandez made it 2-1, and Newcastle, yeah, seven points have a possible Quietly one. going about their business. They're, yeah, they're just, they're just keeping everyone quiet. Two points off of fifth place. There you go. It's silly. The league table is all over the place. Um, Brighton 2, Wolves 2... What an amazing first half. What a torrid second half. Living at Wolves. Uh, um, um, Jota, <laughs> Alex's boy. Alex uh, loves a bit of... He's been a bit, a bit, been a bit disappointed this season, Jota. Yeah. He hasn't really found himself on the score sheet as much. No, no, I still scored, think... Yeah. So he's got three goals this like season. Him. I still like him, though. Yeah, so he's got three goals this Wolves season. Quite, both of those win this game. Yeah. Wolves quite a good about the business. We were waxing lyrical about Leicester at the start of the season and how well they started, and Wolves had a terrible start. At the end of the day, like you know, they haven't lost an eleven. They've been really consistent. They've just played their thirtieth game of the year, yeah, which could, not even they started their season on the twenty-sixth. <laughs> and I think they, yeah, I think they, have they qualified to the next round of the Europa as well. Yeah, they have. Yeah. So uh, I can see if they carry on come March time, they could really peter out. They really, yeah, they, they're very, they're very tight the on the number, on, on the yeah. squad numbers, aren't they? They yeah. don't like. They, 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 they last season they only featured 17 players throughout the whole season 18 players sorry throughout the whole season people don't realise how mad that is that's yeah crazy. exactly yeah. It's so they need, in, in nowadays football in particular Wolves need to build on obviously what they're doing now they need recruitment in January that's yeah. their most important yeah. thing I think in the minute keeping hold of Nuno obviously massive as well because if you know I don't think he'll go anywhere. the Freddie situation won't go, won't the Freddie situation at Arsenal like I, I, I said this to you boys in the group chat and things like that like, I don't I, just, I don't feel like Nuno would be a good fit for no, Arsenal. I, no, I don't think he would. So uh, what if, you doing, take, if you take Nuno, you'd have to take George Mendes as well because that's what has helped Wolves. The relationship between Mendes and the owner and Mendes and Nuno. That's what the linchpin is. It's, it's working. At the end of the day, like Wolves, if they want to stick with that formula, and at the end of the day, like, you know, yeah, they spent loads of money in the championship and, you know, they'll probably lose Nevers at the end of the year. Like, I'd be I'm very surprised if Never doesn't go to Liverpool. Uh, or potentially Tottenham and Armourinho's Nevers? Yeah. I think United. I don't know if they'll have I don't, the I don't, I don't If know. he's going to go anywhere. No, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's the right kind of midfield United need. I, I think he's everything that match United need. No moment. disrespect to Henderson, put respect on Henderson's name, Champions League winner, potential Premier League winner this year. Right, but imagine that Liverpool side with a, with a Fabinho in there and obviously like with like Cater looks like he's coming into his own now as well. And like obviously Wijnaldum as well, mm-hmm. interchangeable, Oxlade-Chamber through the middle, sorry boys. Um, 
But imagine that with a Neves in there. That that that's what so, I mean. I don't think I don't think he'll get game time. I don't what, like he will walk straight into Manchester United and improve their current midfield. We'll but yeah, at the end of the day, Wolves need to stick with the formula. One yeah, um, Mopai um, got two and two. What a lovely finish! Great player. Won't be as well. Brian next year. I, I I really love him. I I really liked it. He was guaranteed to bag every week, pretty much. If we went up last season. year, I would have I I would have won him. Yeah. yeah. Pink. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Dale Stevens um, with the ball over the top. Stevens not a bad little player. Uh, he's actually. a good little player. Yeah, I do rate him. Um, David Proper uh, made it 2-1 that was two goals in, in a minute and a half that was fine and then but sloppy play at the back they were trying to play out from the back and I don't know what they were trying to do Johnny sneaks in Jota bam 2-2 and the final game uh, that we'll wrap up with is Bournemouth nil, Liverpool 3 Liverpool are top of the league Liverpool made 7 changes from the game that they played midweek where they slapped Everton 5-2 and they go down to Bournemouth and they keep a clean sheet. It's the first clean sheet they kept in the league this season, I believe. I don't think it's the first. Ever. Second. I think it's the second. It's not, they haven't kept many anyway. No, yeah. half of my Liverpool second. team, our players first. in a dream team, we're made up of Liverpool second. players and I've been first. fuming. They're defenders <laughs> and I'm fuming. First. <laughs> Fat check. Um, in red. Um, but um, <laughs> um, I don't understand how they were able to go ahead and make seven changes and, and do the damage that they enforced on Bournemouth and it, it, it was 3-0 but it could have easily been 6 or 7 they're playing the way they're doing things at the minute is the way that I do things on FIFA I have 22 players in my well uh, I think I have 26 players in my squad so I'll have a first 11 and a second 11 for when they get fatigued and they get tired and I can swap them out rubbish, yeah. rubbish team for the midweek games good team for the weekends <laughs> yeah. and they're That's literally great and thought, yeah, this yeah. is the problem that I find with Liverpool and it upsets me so I, I don't want if I could hand pick a team in the Premier League to win to win it, it would be none of them because I only love Leeds. But I, <laughs> but I, I don't want Liverpool to win the league. But at the end of the, like, I'd, it'd be Leicester. I don't want well, any. Last year, you were like, I really want Liverpool to win the league. Yeah, over over Man City. You're not. Yeah, he's but not everyone's a fan of Man City because no one likes Man City. No one knows any Man City fans. I'm going to throw so out. Would have preferred. At the end of the Man day, City won it over Liverpool, Liverpool. Liverpool are starting to play second string squads against teams that they're expected to be. They're not being. You know, showing up for being disrespectful, they're winning those games. Like Lalana's come back into the squad, and when he's played, he's looked really busy. Divock Origi is so big game player, so good. He's so good, big game player. Um, Hendo's long ball found Ox to make it one nil to Liverpool. Um, Kate's first start of the season, cheeky how he did it in the end as well, like outside the boot as well to make it make it happen. And then Kate found uh, found Salah from from Simpson who came on from um, who came on for Ake. It was mis- his misplaced pass, which made it 3 0. So, um, this is a bit of a fat check as well. Apparently, was that Salah's first goal in the league for like well over 10, 11, 12 yeah, games? Yeah, he hasn't scored recently, for a long time. It's just like when, um, when um, Firmino scored for Palace, uh, against Palace, sorry. It was his first in ten in ten games. Like they, they would go through battles, but they still scoring it's goals. Mane. Ridiculous. Mane. 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 Mane is the guy. I said this after Salah's season where he scored thirty two goals. A lot of teams were wanting to double up on Salah and you know make sure that he couldn't impact the game in the way that he does best. And that naturally made a lot more space for Salah. Liverpool's midfielders don't get the credit that they deserve because they chip in a lot as well. Wijnaldum's industrious. Wijnaldum's industrious. upped his output as well. So like looking at that. It was always, it's always going to happen naturally anyway. It happened, you know, it happens to Chelsea. Like, William was bagging a load of goals years back because people double up on Hazard because he's yeah. the danger man. Yeah, it, it, it opened the door. It's the exact same thing where people double up on Julian Edelman and then suddenly Nikhil Harry's in space on the other side and then they find him <laughs> in the end zone. 
I was going to swear then, um, but screw the Pats. That's what I'm going to say. Go Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Anyway, um, Curtis Jones made an appearance in the league, and I was so happy for him because I was at MK Dons versus Liverpool and saw Curtis Jones literally control the whole midfield. The kid's like 18, 19, and he is potential future for Liverpool. Not to disrespect... Liverpool, I feel like they're obviously they've they've got players that they've got the hunger. It's, it's running through the whole club at the moment. But I do feel like some of the teams in the bottom half are rolling over when Liverpool turn up because they're sort of going, well, we're going to lose this game. Rest, rest some key players so they're ready for next week. And I've and I've and I do look at the way that Bournemouth played when that first goal went in. There was no fight. There was nothing. They're, they are suffering a lot of injuries. They've got eight first team injuries out at the moment. Yeah. And and and. Ake got injured midway through the game. That's, that's what got Simpson in. That's gonna. That's, that's gonna really them. hurt them. They've, they've got, got, six, got the biggest squad. They've got sixteen points. Southampton have fifteen. Who are in the relegation zone? Norwich are a bit further back with eleven. You know, like if if Southampton go and win a game and Villa go and win a game, suddenly it's Bournemouth you know, are in the Bournemouth in the are in, fight. They're in the relegation. But right. then, what's that say to how? This, this is the point. The, yeah. This is the point. Within again, like you know, Leeds had fifty six different individual injury injuries last year, mm. and we finished third. It derailed our season derailed our playoff campaign and then we come back into this year and we haven't had anywhere near that amount of injuries we still had a few but nothing has been derailing so for Bournemouth I feel like they get that sorted they need recruitment in January if they don't get it if Howard doesn't get the backing from the board if they don't you know, they're still playing a 10,000 seat stadium yeah. if they don't get the backing from the board if they don't take that club to the next level they've, they've had enough time in the Premier League now they've had enough investment they've got enough money yeah. if they don't take Russia, they've got they, money. they need to back Eddie Howe if they don't they will lose him would you say that Bielsa's management of the squad this year is better because of what happened last year as 100%. well 100% so I'm going to ask you the question then is Eddie Howe's management of the squad as good as it can be if they've got that many injuries or are they all impact because he could be Remember when Wenger used to be Arsenal manager, used to run players into the ground, they'd get injured. Ramsey ha- it happened to Ramsey all the time. Mm. Is Eddie Howe's management of the squad as good as it can be? I feel like if you if you had their best fifteen on paper with a with a with a best eleven, they'd be up there in that dogfight fifth and fifth and fourth place. They'd be up there with that, but they haven't because they've got the injuries. So no manager can preempt an injury crisis. No, of course not. If Manchester United were to lose, so at the moment. Pogba's out if Man United lose McTominay lose Rashford and lose Martial they're big trouble yeah, yeah. Arsenal if they lose Leno um, no Martinez is a good goalkeeper okay if you lose if you lose Aubameyang it's over forget it uh, yeah because without Aubameyang we would be in the bottom three right now at Arsenal um, very 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 quickly on oh no before I go ahead that because Liverpool they are top of the league Leicester are second another comment here um, Leicester Leicester one good Christmas and New Year and Liverpool are one average one away from being in the mix for the title wrote them off uh, to keep them in it um but they they might not win. So, look, so look, basically, it's all, yeah, he, it's, all he, over, it's all over. Look, the thing is, there's so many games in December that Liverpool two defeats in this little period. That's right there. And Leicester win those two games in that period. Yeah, there's only two points off it. Yeah. And what if that happens before they play off against each other? Yeah, and they on play boxing and, day. and they play and it's at Leicester as at well. At Leicester, it's 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 it's, it's mad. It, anything can happen. Um, West Ham Arsenal. West Ham Arsenal. What very you... very quick prediction. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go one one. One one. I think it's gonna be a draw as well. Uh, one 0 West Ham. And finally, the 
um, that, that, that Russia have been banned from world sport as a whole for, entity for four years by WADA, the, the World Anti-Doping Association. It's it's going to affect the World Cup campaign. It's going to affect Russian backing in sports. It goes deeper than players. It goes deeper than athletes. It goes deeper than a nation. It's going to affect people. Four years is a long time. Mm. Yeah, Abramovich, they've already spoken about Abramovich's impact to Chelsea and how he's been a little bit more of a backseat in the last few years. And Chelsea have suffered for that. Yeah, they've won a league relatively recently. But like... You know, they want to be competitive in terms of the trophies and stuff. Like, they're not going to win the Champions League. They're definitely not going to win the Premier League. No. Would they win a cup? Maybe. But, like, win the FA cup. at the end of the day, like, Abramovich, you know, Russian owner, like, who else has Russian owners we were talking about a minute ago? Like, you know, it's not, it's for me, it's not inconceivable that Abramovich pulls his funding or, you know, sells the club. Now, um, Russia are still allowed to compete in Euro 2020. And the reason being is because it is a world ban, not a European peeing ban I don't understand the premise behind that but for World Cup 2022 I really want them to qualify as its own entity because I'm trying to think of how ledge the concept kit will be (laughs) think about it it would be like a FIFA made like kit you know, it like you know, be. when you're sitting there, you know yeah, when you're like ten, yeah. you know when you're ten and you're making, you're making like little, um, little kits and stuff. How or, ledge would it or be? Or zebra in their foot manager to that twenty twenty. Ah, there you go. Oh, you, you know about that? They, no, no, you, no, you, no. Juventus, the, the license is not in foot managers. They're called zebra. Oh, I've I've stayed away from foot manager for the last three years <laughs> purposely because I want to protect my relationship. Um, <laughs> you've been watching, <laughs> you've been watching to a top uh, with myself. Gav Mack, uh, Alex Osborne and Adam Harrelau. We're in association with the male coach where Adam is going to whiz off straight to to do the quiz tonight. You are still free to enter if you're in the Northamptonshire region. We're in association with Stalkers uh, Recording Studio. This is where we're at. This is where we do our thing. So get in contact with Paul as well if you want to come use their facilities. They're very, very good. And in association with Mikhail Sports Bar and Grill, the best booze in the whole of New York, 50, West 51st and 8th. This will be available as a podcast later on tonight on Pod been and on Apple Music. It doesn't seem to go on Spotify at the moment, but we'll try and find a way of doing that. Find a way of listening to it. Yeah, there you go. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs>